Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel and today I have an incredible guest, Damon Talbot, NFL Draft Diamonds at Draft Diamonds on Twitter. Damon, how you doing today, man? Hey, I'm doing good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I told you I don't quite condone texting and driving, so you made fun of me and said, hey, I'm not texting at all, so we're good to go there. We got nothing to worry about, man. But I appreciate you hanging out with me. Excited to talk a lot about the NFL draft, talk a little bit about you, what you got going on, and how you've done it. But, Damon, the first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? Man, you know what? It was an outlet for me growing up. I grew up in a little town of Salamanca, New York. It's small. And um, it became my passion. You know what I mean? I, I used it for everything. I really wasn't a, a bright student. And um, football became my love. And not just football. I like other sports as well. But football is my passion. You know, and, and um, I don't know. I mean, I guess my mom, mom and dad like to read. And I really wasn't into reading. So... Football became my passion. I had an older brother who would use me as a dummy and tackle me, you know, and and um, so it became, you know, my love. So can't beat it, man. And and I'm sorry to them people that are uh, complaining about me driving. And I'm not texting, though. It's just sitting there. It's just sitting there. I'm just talking. So if you see me look away, got to love it. It's the life. You, you're good, man. You're good. No worries. I'm just busting a little chops. Don't worry. I can see, obviously, you're not texting right now, so we're good to go. So I do have to ask, at what point, you know, obviously you've loved football this whole time. At what point did you become an NFL draft junkie, though? Because that's a whole nother level of loving football, understanding who need, who's coming from what colleges, going to what pro teams. How did you get into that aspect? Oh, man, that's another good one. Um, Basically, you know, I, I always had love for the game but i i work for the feds i'm a federal law enforcement officer and um a long story short they were taking a guy in i met a guy who was a former college football player that you know he took money from an agent and didn't know the whole system i really wanted to be a sports agent that's how it all started and um he took money from an agent had to pay the agent back well to make the money back he started selling drugs ended up getting busted get some time in prison and i always talked to him about it and i just always sat there and thought wow you know i wonder how often that happens and that that's really what started it and then i realized when i was looking into it there was nobody that scouted black colleges there was just nobody at the time so i started digging my just just watching black college football in um hbcu football games and Next thing you know, one thing led to another, and boom, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm full, full-fledged scouting. You know, I'm over here finding guys. I started a, a episode called Diamonds in the Rough with Optimum Scouting. Gave me a moment, you know, to try to get my name out there. And to make a long story short, it, that's how it all blossomed. It, I started off into that. I ended up going into bigger and better things, and um, I started my own company. I love it, man. I think it's just so cool. Again, you know, kind of seeing the progression and how you've got to where you've got to again, you know, at Draft Diamonds on Twitter, almost 100K. I think you're at like 99 or like 96,000. So you're, you're nice and close there, man. So you're starting to gain a little. Obviously, you We're got some clout it. in the industry. We're pushing it, man. Hopefully, I can get you a couple more. That's all I'm looking for. Just a couple more today. But love what you do, I'm man. And I think that. I think it's really cool again how you started again with those HBCUs because. 
you know, they, they don't really get the love in, in certain situations. And now we're starting to see with some of these college basketball players taking that into their own hands. I think there is a specific, I can't say it, I don't remember off the top of my head, I don't want to disrespect anyone, but there's a specific HBCU that just landed a couple of the biggest prospects in college basketball, which I think is fantastic and hopefully will lead into football a little bit. So I guess with, you know, with starting your own show, with doing all this stuff, did you ever think it would get to this point or were you kind of just doing it for fun? It started off as a hobby. I, I never thought I would have 99,000 followers. I never thought um, it would even blossom to the, I didn't think I was going to have more than, you know, 50, 60 followers. I, I really wasn't, I've never did this for notoriety. I've never done this for anything else. My whole purpose was to just try to help kids find a way to get them an opportunity to play at the next level. That was really it. So it blossomed into something that I never would have expected. And to be honest with you, it's pretty cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to pump my chest. All my followers are what makes Draft Diamonds. Draft Diamonds is nothing without them, without its family members, friends, draft junkies, like what you said. It's people that just love football. That's where we, that's what we came from. We came from nothing. And it's, to be honest with you, all our followers are why I keep doing what I do. I love that, man. That is good. And that's how you grow an audience. Now, we'll, we'll talk about Twitter in a second because uh, I hate Twitter. It's the worst place on planet Earth, but you got to be there for some of that sports news, right? So it is what it is. But in terms of the NFL draft this upcoming year, obviously, we've already seen the Pac-12. We've seen the Big Ten. not or They won't be playing. How are you going to be looking at those kids and evaluating some of those kids, knowing Justin Fields is probably one of the two best quarterbacks? We kind of know that. But there's kids like, you know, Joe Burrow last year. He wasn't going to be the number one overall pick if last year didn't happen. So how are you taking that into account a little bit when looking at some of these schools that most likely won't be playing a single game? It's going to crush It's going to crush college football players, especially at the levels that, that I deal with. The small school kids, not having film is crucial because a lot of scouts – utilize that film and it's they don't like year old film even like as you get going on into the industry further year old film kind of becomes outdated so to speak and they don't look look at that you know a lot can change this guy was talked about as a late round pick and he ends up going number one overall a lot can change in one year right now everyone's talking about trey lance he's he's a top 15 pick he's this he's that that's all great but what happens if in the game against Central Arkansas, the one game that he's going to play on October 3rd, he throws five interceptions? I don't think that'll happen. But I'm just saying, what if that happens? One game is going to justify this kid's career now to where he's potentially a top 15 pick to if he has a bad, bad game, what's going to happen? You know what I'm saying? That's, that's something that... <laughs> It could drop him all the way down to maybe the third or fourth round. Maybe they go, okay, we need to do more research on this kid. You know, maybe he's not the guy that, that we everybody thinks he is. And then you look at big schools. Listen, a lot of big school kids, if you're not a top 100 player right now, it's going to be hard to get your name out there. Like, look at the MAC. you know, the MAC shutdown. There's some good football players every year that come out of the MAC. So there's a lot of conferences that are really going to take a hit. You know what I mean? And it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out. But overall, 
this is bad for football, man. And it's bad for small school football players for sure. Yeah, it's it's disappointing, obviously. Again, you know, if, if they don't believe they can do it in a safe way and a healthy way, I mean, I can't really fault anyone for closing down. Now, the Pac-12 at least had some reasons. The Big Ten, well, I understand um, they shut everything down. They did a terrible job at explaining why they did that. So that was a little frustrating. But as you said, with the Mac and some of these other schools, do you think there's going to be more of these potential showcase games? I was going to ask you about the uh, North Dakota State one. Do you think there's going to be some more of those type games just to allow some of these seniors one last shot to really just showcase themselves? They may, but I, you know what? It all comes down to liability. And at the end of the day right now, these colleges are not set up for major lawsuits. They don't. A lot of these colleges operate in the red. They're not. They're not constantly producing money you know especially smaller school deals that you have you know a lot of these teams they they have some some of them get tv deals some of them don't and they rely on their fans and you can't hold a game with no fans and expect to make money it just it doesn't work like that so i think there may be more showcases but the thing that's gonna it's kind of crazy to me is what are they gonna do with all-star games and stuff like that how's that all gonna work you know i think in the ncaa i'm not 100 sure but I don't know if they can do a split like a spring and a fall football. I don't know what the rules are there, but I, there has to be something in the rule. I don't think they can do a so many teams play at this time and then they'll play later on in the year. I don't, I've never, I don't know. I guess they can change the rules. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, that's something that that's definitely needs to be looked at. So it's going to be interesting. The whole thing, COVID kind of messed things up a little bit, but I mean, 2020 has just been a train wreck anyway, right? Exactly. There's really not not much we can do to avoid 2020 at this point. But I, I agree with you. I don't think the spring season makes sense because then you're going to try and ask these kids to get back on the field again and then play more. And it just doesn't make any sense. And it, it's it's pretty disappointing. And obviously, again, we see the headlines. We see the Clemsons, the Alabamas, the Ohio States. But as you've been saying, these small schools are going to get, get the brunt of it. And that's going to be the unfortunate part because that's where real losses are going to occur. Ohio State has a $120 million athletic budget plus or minus 10 million i mean that's more than probably the entire mac conference alone right it, maybe not right. the mac that's a little that, that's a little bit of hyperbole but some of these smaller school conferences it's bigger than their entire athletic budget between all those schools combined so it is disappointing but one thing i do want to talk about as i, as I brought up before growing that fan base on twitter as you said you do it for the fans you do it for your family and everybody involved how have you been able to grow about getting to close to that 100,000 um, coveted 100,000 number mark? Well, when I first started out, you know, what I would do is I would follow everybody that followed me. I know it sounds crazy, but every single person that came to follow me, I would follow them. Well, for years, this went on and I followed everybody. And if you look at how many people I'm actually following, compared to how many actual actual people I actually have, I have way less than what I'm following. And the reason is, I guess I was following a bunch of ro Russian robots, okay? So Twitter says, I don't know. But yeah. basically what happened was they took a whole bunch of followers away from me. Um, but I, over the years, I you interview a player and his mom and his aunt and his uncle and his sister follow you and – you know, his teammates follow you and his coaches. And eventually you build, I built a platform to where it's all these guys. Like I, I try to help everybody. I try to answer every DM. I try to do things the right way. It's not easy, 
But I think when you put your followers first, then that's everything. I, I, I love my followers. And I say that I do giveaways. I'll give stuff away, give away autograph, merchandise, different things, you know, because I believe deep down inside that, you know, they, they make our platform. They make Draft Diamonds. Um, it's a great idea. It, it turned out to be a blessing. But at the end of the day, I mean, if I have five followers, I mean, what am I? You know what I mean? I'm so sure you make, still do it because you love it, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I still, I would still do it with five followers. They just get annoyed if it was just them five. <laughs> Well, don't worry. I have uh, me and a couple of my friends. We equal five of those. So if you want to keep doing it, man, we'll keep paying attention. I promise you that right there. And 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 with Twitter, you know, there's Twitter is is so great, but it is just so awful all at the same time. It is just filled with a bunch of negativity. It's a bunch of people hiding behind fake pictures and fake names and just spouting off, saying whatever they want, whenever they want, with zero repercussion. How have you dealt with that aspect of Twitter? Understanding how awful some people can be sometimes, really for no reason other than just to be trolled? Um, you know what? I mean, no ma- if you're not being hated in something that you do, you're not doing it right, you Love know? It. And so for me, you have, to, you have to be hated. It's okay to be hated, you know what I mean? But, I mean, I don't see Twitter as this big, bad thing. I mean, a lot of, a lot of draft nicks, um, you'll notice – a lot of draft nicks are usually little guys, right? Like, have you ever noticed the draft? Our draft crew is usually little guys. I'm not a little guy. Like, I'm a big dude, man. Like, I I was a kicker in high school. Don't get it twisted, all right? I'm proud of being a kicker. But I'm I'm sea bass kicker. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a big boy now. So I've never really had confrontations with people, and I don't let them get me off my rocker to where they get me to the point that I want to fight them or not. Like, I don't I – don't, I don't need all that. I know where I stand and I, but the hardest thing for me is, you know, trolls are going to be trolls. That's exactly what they are. You know what I mean? You look at their profile, they have 14 followers, you know, they, they have somebody else's picture. Probably they're probably catfishing me. They're the Russian robots that I lose when Twitter takes over. You know what I mean? So overall, I don't let them get to me, man, but for the real ones, you know, I, even if they do troll me, I can take criticism. I mean, you have to be in the business. Of, I have to be able to take some criticism. I'm okay with that. Yeah, and, and of course, and that, that kind of leads me right into my next question, really being able to take a stand on something, right? Like, as you said, you're in the opinion game, essentially. Like, I think this guy will be X, Y, or Z. And you can't really be on the fence. You can't be like, oh, he might be good. He might be that. Like, how do you make sure that you're always really taking a stand on a guy and not leaving anything up for chance, knowing that some of the time you're going to be right, obviously some of the time you're going to be wrong and get that criticism? Well, I think... I think you have to trust your eye in scouting. It's, it's hard to get it right. Every time nobody can get it right. Every time anybody that says that is a damn lie. All right. You're going to miss on players, but there are certain players that don't get opportunities because of their past. They are certain players that don't get opportunities because their coaches and college talk trash about them behind their back and gave bad values and, and said some evil things to them. So there's a lot of things that play context and roles into that. But overall, you got to stand on what – listen, NFL scout told me a long time ago. He said, the way you make money in this industry 
is not finding leaves. It's finding trees. Okay. A tree, you don't, you can't miss, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to hit on the can't misses and everybody misses on leaves. Well, I don't deal with can't misses. I deal with leaves. So in my business, if I can hit on leaves, imagine what I could hit on with trees. So this is the concept that I have. If I can pick five leaves off the tree that I know are going to be exciting, that makes what I do a lot better than you who may pick 10 trees and no leaves. Because I can pick 10 trees. If I can pick five leaves, I sure as hell can pick five trees. And I think that's where the difference is between what I do and what other people do. But if you don't stand on the table for a prospect, then all you're doing is you're not trusting your own eye. Mm -hmm. You're going to miss. It's okay to miss. My favorite prospect in the entire 2019 NFL draft is sitting at home right now. Jonas Griffith. I don't care what anybody says. If any NFL team's watching this, they follow me on Twitter. You're a fool if you don't bring him in. That's all I'm going to tell you. Because he is by far, he takes the best angles. You can break down his film. You can look at everything. Jonas Griffith is a person that should, he'll make a 53-man roster. But people don't know him. He's an Indiana State kid. I brought him into the CGS All-Star game last year. Our team did, our group. I worked for the College Gridiron Showcase. We brought him in last year. He was, I had at least 20 scouts text me and say he was the best damn thing there. He's legit. But so why is, cut him. why is someone like that sitting? If that many scouts can see that, you can see that, obviously. Like, what, what is it about the NFL that doesn't allow someone like that? Is it the nature of COVID and just all the crap that's going on now? Or do you think it's a little bit more? No, I think what comes down is um, uncertainties. Um, teams, they're not too sure who to bring in per se. You guys, you got to remember football works in two different, it works in stages. College football scouts right now, they're not talking about Jonas Griffith. The only people talking about Jonas would be pro personnel. Well, he don't have any preseason film because preseason was canceled. So he has to go off of what he did in college, which the pro scouts don't watch college. So until a college scout stands up and says, I like this kid, then that's when we'll hear about him getting a shot. But me personally, I, I'm a fan. I would stand on the table. If I was in a building, I had, I mean, I've had multiple teams hit me up this week and say, I've been doing workout videos with prospects. I don't know if you've seen them on YouTube and everything. I've been telling guys what they have to do because NFL teams are asking me about it. So I went on. Showed him exactly what to do and posted it. I had multiple teams hit me up this week, and they said, who's your favorite prospect out of all the ones you just did? And I tell them, I have to tell them, you know, I tell them who I think at the position that they're looking for. And these guys are getting workouts. Justin Hardy's in San Francisco right now. We did his workout, you know. Um, Charles Oliver, a DB who we had at the CGS as well. He's in Buffalo right now working out. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, these guys are getting opportunities from these little videos. So when you stand on something and they know that you're good and valuable and what you, you know, I work hard. It's not like I just make this stuff up. My team is a, the best in this business. And I'll put it, I'll put my team up against anybody. We are the best in this business when it comes to scouting talent. And at the end of the day, we prove it. 
day in and day out. And that's not that, that's not cockiness. That's confidence, as mm -hmm. Josh Norman would say. I like that. Yes, that is very confident, man. And I appreciate the hell out of that. And as you said, you got into this because of that story about that young, uh, the young athlete that kind of got dicked over by that agent a little bit in the system. How cool is it to know now that from that conversation and those conversations, you're now able to help so many other people through your platform and, and you know, help fulfill some of their dreams as well as enjoy yourself along the way? Well, that's what I told that kid. I told that kid that if I ever received an opportunity or a platform to do it, I would do it. And I would make sure that I did it to the fact where I help people. Did I think 10 years ago that I would have 99 point however many followers? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think that I would be where I'm at today. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, this is a hobby still. This is not my full time. Like, I don't I don't need this to get by. Like, I don't need money. I didn't do this for money. So um, when you're doing it for the right reasons, and you're doing it to truly help people, then it's it doesn't have to be about money. I love that. I love that. But you're helping people along the way. You do it because you love it, and you're having a friggin' blast. I think that part is uh, that part's pretty great. So I have a question. So you said um, Jonas Griffin. You said was his name Griffith. Last Griffith. Name. What uh, what position does he play? He's an outside backer. Okay. Well, the Giants just lost Xavier McKinney for a couple uh, couple weeks, unfortunately, for a broken foot. So I wouldn't mind if any Giants uh, Giant scouts out there watching us or listening when the podcast comes out, give this guy a look because we need a little bit of help all over that defense. So I don't care where it is. Yeah, you guys just anywhere. lost David Mayo, too, to a torn yep. meniscus. So. Yep, so he's so going to be out a little while. spot open, Kevin Abrams. <laughs> Calling him out by name too. I'll add him when we do this. Uh, when it comes out, I'll, I'll make sure to add him. It's not on you, man. It's on me. Um, and then one last thing I want to talk about a little bit um, with with Twitter, especially. How often? Well, no. Let, let's let's get off Twitter. I don't want. I want to do that anymore. Breaking news. You just broke some news. I think it was this morning, right? On the uh, XFL receiver that just signed with the Carolina Panthers. He was with PJ Walker, who is also on the Panthers, if I'm not mistaken. You broke that news, I think, at like five this morning. I saw that on Twitter. I thought it was kind of cool. Didn't think much of it. Then I think Tom Pelissero, Mike Garofalo, you know, those NFL guys come out and they start breaking the news. Why aren't they giving you any love, man? What happened? They know you're there. It's not like they don't notice you. I don't know, man. I have. I'm going to be honest with you, man. You know, I went on a little rant today, and I actually hit Tom Tom up, and, and I had to apologize, man. Because at the end of the day, man, that's not my character, but it's also frustrating. I don't do this. I, don't, I do not do NFL draft diamonds for money. Mm -hmm. And that's what people don't understand. People are like, why do you do all this stuff to help kids? How are you not monetizing it? Blah, 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 blah. If you knew what I made from this website, you would be like, why are you doing it? Because it's not worth it. It's just not like what I do this for is definitely a hobby. There is, it's not like groundbreaking, like I'm, I'm taking over the world here. And I actually had to explain that to them. Listen, man, all I want is to get my platform bigger, more notoriety. More, help me get a damn check mark. Help me get it to where I'm not asking you. I'm not asking you to put my name on your website and say, oh, according to I'm not doing that. But a simple retweet confirming it or something to that nature is different. And I told him and I said, look, man, you know what? I apologize. Listen, Tom doesn't follow me on Twitter. 
so he could have easily broke the news thinking that he got the news, but uh, he didn't. You know what I mean? It's okay. It happens. And, you know, I was told today by somebody, you know, I'm sure he'll watch, he's watching it too. I was told by him, he said, take it as a compliment when somebody big breaks the news before you or after you, you know, take it as a compliment that you got it right. And, and you know what? I will say this. At the end of the day, a simple retweet, a simple like, a simple shout out to Draft Diamonds would give Draft Diamonds football players, these small school kids, a much bigger and a much better opportunity because it'll get a it'll get the platform growing. Listen, right now they're already under the they're already under the scope. They're already overlooked. The pro days were canceled last year. It was the lowest number ever in the draft that were drafted last year. These guys need any boost they can get. And you can't even give a, a simple damn retweet. No, this is a this is why I fight so hard. If these these kids, there's a lot of kids that know and their families know that what I do, and they know the work that I put in behind the scenes, and all my team does to, to help them. We create a database. This database is filled out with all their information. It's 900 plus players from the FCS. NAIA D2, D3, and it has all their information, their cell phones. It has everything. The, every NFL team, pro scouts, college scouts, GMs, everything is sent that every month updated. It is updated with all their information. Every single scout that gets that, if you're an area scout, and let's say you live in Miami, or, and that's where you scout as in the Southeast, you get a list of all the colleges broken down to you. And you, when you go into that college, you can just pull them players up because them, that list is everybody that we found. Not just me, my guy, Jimmy Williams, draft guy, Jimmy, Jonathan Joyce, Craig Forrestal, Justin Berenzen, all of us, we're all our team. We find these guys, we add them to this list and they go out there and that's what they do. And at the end of the day, these teams utilize it they call me on prospects that we interviewed. They do a lot of different things, and they're a lot of help. And, and, I, and I do get a lot of positive feedback. I talk to NFL scouts every day. I talk to GMs every day. Uh, this is what I do. I mean, we, we work in the all-star game industry. We did the East-West for four years. We did the Raycom game for one year, and now we're with the CGS. We love helping kids, but sometimes you need a boost, man. Sometimes you need a big brother that will pick you up and give you a boost. I tried calling out Barstool. I tried calling out these national media people. Give us a shot. That's all I'm asking. Give us a shot. If we suck, then get rid of us. I'm not asking for money. I don't want no money. Listen, I don't want to check. I want to check Mark. That's all. That's all I'm asking for. Come to the back end. Listen to what we do. We break news. We give you guys article. We'll give you everything. That Everything's going to be verified. All we're looking for is backing. It can be NFL Draft Diamonds presented by Barstool, presented by whoever. I'm, I'm offering it up. I'm not asking for money. Help me grow the SEO. Help me grow the platform for each and every one of these kids that are sitting at home right now thinking that their dreams are done. That's the hardest thing in the world. It pisses me off when I get a phone call from a kid that's, that's down, he's depressed, ready to quit. You know, because I was that kid. That was me. I broke my back. They, they said... Look, the opportunity you walk in again aren't good. And now here I am years later and I'm running.
I, I know what it's like to be in that situation. And I put my heart in this. And I'll tell you what, at the end of the day, I hope and pray that this platform takes off. And all the people that are out there, the small schoolers, they know the passion that I put behind it. And these scouts know what we do. All I'm, all I'm looking for is a platform boost. Somebody that will recognize what we do and at least just give us the love for it. That's it. I love that, man. And you can hear it in your voice. You can feel it in what you're saying and how, how impassioned you are about it. And I appreciate the hell out of that. And you, I know I only have about two minutes left, so I just have one last question for you. And again, sincerely appreciate it. We got Damon Talbin on at Draft Diamonds on Twitter. Make sure to go follow him. Hopefully we can get that damn blue check mark to his name one of these days and boost that stuff up a little bit. But with with someone like Kyle Duggar out of Lenore Ryan, if I'm saying that correctly, you yep. said you're looking for a boost for some of these kids. I'm sure one of the leaves on the tree or maybe he was the tree at that point he went in the second round obviously a lot of people felt good about him but how much does that help these small school guys when we see someone like him go in the second round to a team like the patriots well i think anytime you have a small schooler that is on the map and on the radar it helps everybody else at that school so like a lot of the kids at lenore are going to be able to see they're going to see the the benefit of that so you'll have the wide receiver coming out this year He's tough. Teams are already talking about him. He was already mentioned by the Senior Bowl staff. It's the little things like that that is going to help boost them to the next level. And at the end of the day, plus anybody that plays against Kyle Duggar, if somebody mm -hmm. had a huge game against Kyle Duggar, you don't think his name's going to be on the map? His name's going to be on the map now. So there's always, listen, when it comes to scouting, it seems like a lot of people overlook the small schools. Because let's be real, if you had an opportunity – to go watch Alabama at Auburn, or you had an opportunity to go watch Jacksonville State at Samford, who are you going to watch? I'm My going point, to watch. Yeah, I'm going beautiful. to watch Bama. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody's going to watch Bama, right? And I get it. But at Samford, you might miss out on a Devlin Hodges. You might miss out on a Jacksonville State. You might miss out on a Josh Pearson or a, or a Saran Neal or one of them kids, or Zarek Cooper, who's the QB this year who came from Clemson, you're going to miss out. And there's some studs there that because you didn't want to go to it. Everybody knows what Alabama players are doing already. They're trees. What about the Leafs? That's all I'm I asking. Love I love it, man. You're incredible. Damon Talbot, one more time, at Draft Diamonds. We're about 500 away from that 100K mark, so let's try and get in there, everybody. Really appreciate time today, man. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. God bless, brother.